Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, welcome home, and how are you? Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm just, I'm living life. I'm doing, I'm doing all the things. I feel elated uh, by my watch experiences in the last uh, handful of days, and re- I'm just ready. I'm ready to really cut a rug tonight in in podcast fashion. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that means. No, me what either. podcast fashion of rug cutting is? Uh, no, I don't have any clue either. But it seems like sounds awesome though. So I'm down. It's a thing that probably should be good. Okay. Yeah, my pants are gone, and let's, let's cut this rug. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. I have had an especially productive weekend. Oh, oh yeah? I have. I've had a light fixture that needed replaced, and I replaced a light fixture. I finished my workbench and got my garage mostly buttoned up. I still have some cleaning and organizing to do, but I'm, you know, given that winter is, is upon us, um, my backstop to get the boat stored indoors is, like, is looming. So... I got to finish the garage before I can get the boat pushed inside. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, you do. Yeah, so that's got to happen. That's been my my accelerant. Um, I got a light fixture replaced today and I felt pretty good about it cuz whenever you cut into a new house for the first time, you're just not sure what you're what's going to happen yeah. when I pierce this wall. Yeah, like what's back here? What have they done? And they did it. I mean, I'm not surprised. Everything in this house is just above medium well. Not quite great. But right in that good range. Yeah. And it's exactly what I was hoping to look like on the other side of the drywall. It's like, how, how terrific. <laughs> Versus your old house. That where... we, yeah. You know, there might be four or five layers of drywall and, you know, some plumbing <laughs> that you know, doesn't go to anywhere, but has water in it for some reason. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And, and you did manly things. I did. And you look manly as a result. Yeah. My hair is gone. It's all that testosterone that just courses through my veins. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I had a productive weekend. I had a productive weekend too. You know, though, I know you did. I'd like to hear about somebody else's productive weekend first. All right, whatever. Mike, welcome to the party, my friend. Hey, guys. How you doing? So good. I don't remember the last time we had you on... I remember what happened the last time you were on. I just don't remember when it was. I'd like to uh, point of order. Point, point last of order. Time, the last time I was on uh, was the uh, you and I did a joint re- audio review. We did do an audio review of the Contrail, but the last no, episode of the Alcatis. Oh yeah, we did the Alcatis. You, you and Will did a Contrail, I think. <clears throat> yep, that's true. You're correct. Yeah, I apologize. I suck. It's all right. You know, Mike has been here sans clicks at least once, so let's stop yeah. giving him shit about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And tonight he's ready to redeem himself on a full feature-length episode. So here joining us, our senior writer, watch clicker senior writer, Mike Razak, a.k.a. Mike Scott Watches. Not Mike Scott Watches. No, which not was, Mike Scott Watches. That's what I thought it was at first. So Will said, yeah, do you know Mike Scott Watches? And I was like... Like no, but that's office? a great that's a great Instagram yeah. name, but it's yeah. not that, which is pretty disappointing. But he, he possesses uh, them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mike Mike has watches. Uh, so Mike's got watches on Instagram. Mike Razak, senior writer of the Watch Clicker. I've said all that, and I'm going to continue to say it. Senior writer, Mike, how are you doing? 
Senior writing mic is pretty good. Um, staring down the barrel of a overnight shift here, so those are always uh, guessing games, but uh, hopefully a smooth one. And uh, still riding that high from our watch weekend. Yeah, New York City, man. We yeah. met in New York City. We did, in a, on a face-to-face, in-person basis. And shared a twin bed. Yeah. You guys didn't even spend the night there. There's no reason for you to have done that. <laughs> no. And and to correct, it was a cot. <laughs> well, kind that sinks in the middle and really yeah, yeah. forces you guys together. Pushes you yeah. into one another, yeah. It's called a lover's cradle. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm now now I'm even more jealous. Yeah. So if you've been living under a rock or if you've just been avoiding so- social media watch world as I am want to do from time to time, you may have missed that this last weekend was sort of the comeback party for the American Watch Show. And Mike and I both had the opportunity to travel to New York to attend Warren and Wound's wind-up watch show, as well as Watch Time's New York City event. So two pretty different events as far as watch shows go. Um, but we we did them both. We did the Big Apple, and we're going to tell you how it was. Great. Thanks for joining um, us, guys. I'm mostly interested in how the corn dog was. I wasn't well, there for that, and I... W- about which I'm a bit upset. You, you know, the corn dog was not planned. The corn dog was so I was in Midtown, specifically at the Cartier Boutique. Which did is, you give me something? It, it's uh, I did I did I'll show it to you later. Uh, so at the Cartier Boutique with our good friend Debbie Case and Crown on Instagram, um, she was trying on some watches and I tried on some watches. If you've never been to like a big no well well first of all maybe i shouldn't say any other boutique if you've never been to the cartier boutique on fifth avenue in new york i highly recommend it it's in an old mansion it's giant it's gorgeous you feel like royalty the entire time you're there they bring you chocolates and beverages and it's just an experience in and of itself because it's all cartier right it's not just cartier watches it's it's all cartier that's right give give yourself about an hour Take a seat, enjoy the ride. It is it is an event uh, and, and really cool. But we were there and we were going to walk from there, Midtown, down to Chelsea Market where Wind Up was. And so along the way, you know, there's just, it's New York, right? It's everything in the world in a 20-minute walk. And I saw this, I saw this stand and they had corn dogs. But in addition to corn dogs, they had like, variations on corn dogs so what i ordered was a sausage with a mozzarella stick dipped in corn batter and then rolled in hash brown potatoes and then deep fried and some of you may not think that sounds delicious and you survived and i survived well the jury's out uh uh it to me that sounds like peak street food and can confirm absolutely 100% incredible. So here I am. So there was the last day in New York. Here I am with all of my luggage, my carry on on my back army style, you know, back and front loaded Mm -hmm. my, my backpack on my front, just, you know, walking with full luggage, 
downtown New York on Fifth Avenue eating a mozzarella stick corn dog with rolled in potatoes. It was it made me feel like a real like a real human being. <laughs> this is New York. <laughs> Just doing everything. Uh, yeah, that was good. I, it's interesting that you bring it up because it's been on my mind a lot. I believe it. That will never leave your mind, I'm sure. <laughs> I saw that without even knowing what it was. I was like, that's going to be a special corn dog. And then I read the ingredients and I was like, man, I got to make a trip to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'd be able to find that place again. But yeah, totally worth it. So you guys both had the opportunity to go to both fairs, festivals, shows, Expos. Expos, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's run them down. So, well, first, you guys got to meet. How was that? It was great. In person. Yeah. Is he taller than I think he is? Mike is taller than you think he is. He's pretty pretty tall. Uh, Actually, I think within about 10 seconds of meeting him, I sort of, uh, with a slightly chagrined, uh, with a slightly chagrined tone probably, uh, told him he was taller than I expected uh, because then I knew that the entire weekend walking around with him, I was going to be the short guy. That's why um, he wanted me to come. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you would have made me seem a lot taller. Um, no, it was really cool. You, you know, this this was, you know, not just with Mike, but certainly with Mike. Um, my whole weekend was meeting people who I feel like I know extremely well, but have never met in person, you, you know, I would say about once per hour for three straight days, I was shaking hands with someone who I'd talked with extensively online and just having this really like instant connection uh, because I know this person and, and, you know, Mike is special. We, we are in a chat with our staff, right. Uh, or, or at least our core staff that texts pretty much all day every single day from the time these guys wake up at 6 30 east coast time to the time you and i go to bed 12 o'clock pacific time there are chats almost constantly and so it was this really surreal experience to meet for the first time one of my best friends in the world and i don't feel weird saying that mike because that was my experience right it was like yeah i just know this guy and i love this guy and he's one of my best friends and now we're going to spend the day together for the first time ever yeah I mean, Everett and I, as we were kind of planning, hey, what are we going to do? When are we going to meet? Where are we going to be? What's what, what what's going to go on? You know, we were talking about kind of the anxiety of this whole thing and not just like planning this kind of weekend, but also just like meeting people you feel like you know, but also is it going to be weird and different? And are they going to are they going to like you in person like that? Just basic anxiety. Right. And I think even for you know Everett for me for me thinking about Everett like I had that anxiety even though like I mean out of all the people at wind up I know Everett the best right because we talk all the time um but then you know I think to Everett's point like we we met up at Grand Central and it was just like boom we were off to the races like it was you know we'd known each other forever, which I mean, we've known each other a long time. And yeah. Yeah. Never looked at that's out of the way. What's that? Now that that's out of the way. Yeah. 
Let's hear about the shows. Let's. I, I want to hear. I mean, th- these are two really different shows, so maybe, yeah. I think we should talk about them independently. Let's talk about Wind Up. Yeah, you, you know, I can start there. Uh, so I, I actually showed up in New York a day before Mike did and kind of uh, showed up just with, with a smile on my face and and nothing else, right? And I didn't have any plans. I hadn't really connected. You know, I'd connected with people online. Hey, I'm going to be there. Let's try to meet up. Um, but I didn't really have any concrete plans. Um, just I'm going to do this thing, kind of raw dog it, as it were. And... Uh, <laughs> You, you, you know, everything's a little different, right? New, you know, New York is different than Oregon in terms of, you know, how people do COVID. Well, can, can, I, can I talk about that real quick? Can I talk about um, COVID protocols in New York? How yeah. Are you okay? You, you know, I, I thought New York um, was going to be slightly troubling in terms of COVID protocols because of what I had read. I was really, really refreshed Uh in terms of the way I personally felt safe, um, you know, by and large, if you're out and about in the city, everybody, or or at least mostly everybody, is wearing masks all the time, um, and, and and it seems voluntarily voluntary. It doesn't seem coerced. People just are doing it. Um, and then if you go to a restaurant, you're you're showing proof of vaccination. Uh, even just to sit down at a restaurant, you're showing vaccination proof. And I, I know that people, for a lot of very good reasons, are are not maybe pleased about that. But for me, it made me feel safe. You know, um, I, I obviously can show my COVID card and my vaccination card, and, and that's a, a, an easier thing for me. But it just felt really comfortable. And so you get to the watch show, you get to wind up and you show your vaccination proof of vaccination when you walk in and um i'd say at wind up i was in a mask 95 percent of the time um occasionally you'd take it off and and talk to someone but you know that person's vaccinated it just felt really i, I really enjoyed that aspect of it um as far as the show goes i mean it's maybe exactly what you expect uh there's, I, I don't know, Mike. Maybe you know the numbers exactly. I would, I would estimate there was 35 booths at Wind Up. That might be a little bit of a high estimate. Um, yeah, say, and, I mean, yeah, I'd say probably 20, 25, but yeah. And and largely brands that I know, yeah. um, that I know, you know, sometimes personally, I know the owners. Um, other times, I'm familiar with the watches, um, but you know, it's like. If you've ever wanted to see that Hamilton um, or that Oris, it's it's there. They got it, um, and you can try it on and put it on your wrist. And wind up felt really comfortable to me because it's very much the world in which we play all the time, right? And and not every brand that I would hope would be there was there, but uh, brands that I'd never even considered being there were also there. So. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I really liked it. The feel of wind up is very personal. Everybody who's there wants you to touch their stuff. Um, yes. That happens in your raw dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, take a look at this watch, and yeah, yeah, you can try it on. Yeah, you can take pictures. Um, you, you, you know, just this really like sandbox, go crazy kind of environment. I, I thought it was really cool. What was the size relative to like pre COVID? shows do you know mike 
Yeah, so, I mean, I was talking to Zach a little bit about that um, towards the end of the evening. I was just there on... Zach, Zach, Zach Weiss, Weiss of, yeah, the founder of uh, and co... Yeah, co-founder and whatever of Warren and Wound, the Grand, Grand Poobah, um, about that. And, and also to John Farah of Brew. Um, and the consensus was, in my experience was, I mean... When I was there in 2019, it was a sardine can. Shoulder to shoulder, I mean, sidling to get through places at times, um, peak hours. You know, I spent almost the entire, an entire day there, uh, just at wind up, really not leaving. So I kind of experienced from open to close and it was, it was a lot. Um, and Everett, Everett will tell you when, when we walked into Chelsea Market and I saw the um, show space and saw how how much sparser it was. I breathed this eye relief. I was like, oh, this is much better, um, especially with COVID. But just in general, I was just like, this is a good amount of busy. Um, I think there's plenty of space to move, but it was plenty busy. I had heard, I did hear that it was a little busier early in the day because we got there around like four. I don't know. Ever, was it busier on, uh, maybe not on Friday, but you, you know, my, I was there all three days. My yeah. experience was it was always relatively busy, but never cumbersomely so. I, I mean, the, there was oftentimes, you know, maybe a one or two person wait at a table you wanted to go, but yeah. um, never more than that. And nobody seemed overwhelmed and nobody seemed crowded. Um, it was just really, yeah, pretty, pretty open, I thought. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was... Maybe not in the eyes of the wind-up organizers, but as a participant, or not a participant, as a um, somebody going there to see all the watches, it was kind of ideal busy. Like, there were, you know, a good volume, but accessible. You, you know, Mike, I talked to two owners, who, who brand owners, uh, who told me that they had their best show in terms of sales uh just dollar figure and in terms of unit moves units moved so your speculation that it was maybe fewer people overall i don't think at at least with my very small sample size i don't think necessarily meant a a worse show for the owners no to that point i think it allowed them to engage you know i spoke to one owner who said you know he had a 30-minute conversation with somebody, and the result of that ended up being a sale when they weren't expecting a sale from it, you know? And if you had had a crowded space, that probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, a crowded space like that kind of generates some frenzy. Like, oh, I got to yeah. move on. I got to get to the exactly. next booth. I'm going to wait in line. It, like, it, it creates this this fabrication of, of urgency. When yeah. It sounds like this was like an, I mean, nigh on intimate yeah. event. Yeah, I would say intimate is a great word for it. Yeah. Windup felt very intimate to me, in, in a good way. I mean, is there intimacy that's bad? No, I don't think so. <laughs> People insisting you touch their stuff, and I mean, it it sounds like you know, regardless of what happened, you were having an intimate weekend. So, are we seeing new releases at Windup this year? Are we seeing just catalog that's already there? Who's there offering sneak peeks? Fill me in, because I wasn't able to get the weekend off, so I was stuck at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, so... What did I miss? Wind Up is kind of... You know, I've been... This is my, I want to say, third time going. 
um, maybe fourth, but definitely third. Um, and it, it always has been a catalog showcase, right? Like, here's everything we got, right? And in many cases, you know, showing off, well, this is going to be released later, or, you know, especially for these small brands, a brand owner has, um, you know, the next thing on their wrist, they're wearing a prototype that they haven't even shown or announced, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then you have bigger brands at like Hamilton, like Hamilton, where it's, you know, warm bodies manning a booth, um, and they don't be don't actually even have the latest release, right? They got hired like for the day, uh, a little more than that, but not much more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually think Hamilton had most of their new good shit. Uh, they did. But... They, they had most. Of, they, the one uh, in particular was the, I guess the one that just dropped on Hodinkee. Mm -hmm. that yeah and that was there no that was not there i asked specifically for it or no. they lied to me which is also entirely possible somebody might have bought it maybe it was there on friday and not on saturday yeah maybe uh but yeah right you you do i you know i i gotta say mike i don't know that i saw a ton of brands micro brands with incredibly new stuff you know formex yeah. did have their reef Man. dive their reef dive watch which is yeah, well, uh, that's that's one of my highlights. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll come back to yeah. that. But but um, you know, I know both Astra and Banks and Solabs at least uh, had versions of yeah. upcoming models, prototype versions of upcoming models. Was Andrew Manning both those booths? So it was one Rick booth. One okay. booth, Rick Cosgrove of Solabs, and it, he was there. And Andrew uh, Perez of Astro Banks were there, and they kind of did did their booth together, which I think makes a ton of sense yeah. based on the way those brands are structured. Um, but yeah, you, you know, I didn't see a ton of new stuff that I didn't expect, but but that was okay because I got to see, like like Mike said, the catalog showcase by and large. You, you know. Monta was there and they had everything and mm -hmm. it was just a pleasure to go through all those watches Norcane was at at both shows and say what you will about Norcane I was really really impressed with their setup um and they had new shit cool shit so yeah let's hear some favorites <clears throat> well who all was there I mean you said 20-ish you're you're gonna miss some, and this isn't meant to be an offense. But who all was there? Me, Hamilton. You have a list. Kellen. Uh, no, that was watch time. Sorry. Hamilton, Oris, Seiko, G-Shock, Vayer, Brew, Laurier, Aster and Banks, Solabs, Zodiac, Ball, um, Bespoke Fuck. Watch Projects, Ite Noi. Uh, Formex, Unwind in Time, uh, The Worn and Wound, they had like a five or six table U at the back, um, Manta, uh, Visitor, Visitor, it was right next to Manta, oh, Aloha. um, oh yeah, Aloha, yeah, Spencer was there, um, that, I, I, I have reviewed that watch that he has, but he just had this tiny little watch box <laughs> and his watches. four watches on this big ass like folding table. Um, and then they have like 
like banners and shit or was it just like it, he had the mo- maybe one of the more spartan displays yeah. but i'll tell you he that guy is just an incredibly gracious oh nice my goodness dude, and his his watch is really really fantastic yeah it is it's a nice watch and then the the last one is uh benrus okay oh, and i, yeah, I think benrus. that's all of them yeah, you're close if if it, uh zodiac did you get zodiac yeah okay yeah maybe maybe you nailed them all oh no stella Oh, Stella, Stella, Marcella, Stella, and I—I I forget the guy's name, but yeah, they were—they were right and, next to Aston Beck's. Yep, Haim Watch Company was there. H A I M. Um, and you know his watches. So he had his new Kickstarter watches there, and which they're with their, you know, it's a sport watch, kind of a funky bezel. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were great too. You know, those watches were just great in person. He We've was done a, it. That was a booth where I, it's weird. I, you know, having been to wind up and experienced a lot of those brands while I was at the show, I did much more socializing than actually looking at all the watches. And so, you know, I didn't stop at Laurier. I didn't stop at Haim. Um, You know, I had seen bespoke watch projects when I was there before, and I'm sure he's doing some new stuff, but I didn't stop there. It would, you know, only after the fact am I scrolling through Instagram and even your feed, I was just like, oh, shit. I forgot to look at watches while I was there. I know. <laughs> yeah, because you're talking to people. So, uh, well, Andrew, I think your question was favorite watches. Um, for, for me, there's an obvious answer at, uh, at Wind Up, which is uh, the, the Solabs Layer 1. Uh, and, and I can say that it's an obvious answer because I... I purchased it. Um, Hadn't we had one of those in for review before? We've never had one in for review. We definitely like had we Andrew and Rick on. I know that, but we, I we just... had them on the show. But we, we, I've never seen one myself. And I got my hands on it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm buying this." And I did it right. I did it right then, uh, sort of spontaneously. I was like, "Yeah, I want to buy this. How much?" Um, as far as watches that maybe I didn't expect to like, there's one. That sticks out to me, uh, and Mike, I don't know if you had this opportunity, but um, Oris makes a version of the Aquas that is thirty-six and a half millimeters, mm-hmm. uh, and they had the Ocean Plastic thirty-six and a half millimeter Aquas, and I just for shits and giggles tried it on, and the second I got it on my wrist, I was like, "Oh, damn it, dang!" So, uh, yeah, that's another brand I didn't stop by, but. Speaking that I did you stop at any of the brands because it seems like everything he's mentioned. You're like, so oh, there, I didn't get there to that are doors one. at the to top one. on the inside of Chelsea Market, and then there are back doors. And what I did is I just entered and immediately exited, and then I went back to Pennsylvania, and that was my entire okay. experience of wind up. So <laughs> that tracks, but someone's got some pictures of you in there, so that's what matters. Photoshop. Uh, every, to, to your point, that Oris, uh, you know, Will has we uh, on Watch Clicker. We've kind of reviewed it to death, right? The Oris Aquas. Um, yeah. I have not had that, but I got the forty-one millimeter in for a full proper review, and I was properly blown away. I I had very low expectations for how that would be on the wrist, and by God, even at forty-one millimeters, it is. It's a real treat, and I imagine it's just as good, if maybe even better, at thirty-six and a half. Yeah, you know, I, I think we we tend to think of 
36 and a half is being pretty diminutive in watch terms. And, and certainly it is. I think that watch in particular, you, you know, the other one that I tried on that was realistically too small for me, I think there's a 37 millimeter Norcane, whatever their main diver is. Um, and, and that watch also just like, yep, this is, this is awesome. And that seems the magic of a show like this. Cause it's very rare that we get to be in a room with all of these watches, with even some of these watches. And I, we're in really unique positions as people who review a lot of watches and get to see a lot of watches that we get to be hands-on with, oh shit, and you, you, you've reviewed what, 198 watches or some bullshit, some, Mike? Something crazy, 160, one, right? something. And, and we get watches through all the time. We're in a really unique position, but for most folks, there's a couple expos a year that you can actually be hands-on with these brands and and kind of mitigate some of the leap of faith in your purchase Mm -hmm. that to me is kind of like what seems the real value in these watch expos is for people who are in the market to buy but want to trust their purchase beyond what they've read on the internet beyond what they've seen in reviews you know take your pick of reasons and to be able to put your hands on that many watches you know, like I obviously, you know, you're going to like Monta, you know, you're going to like Eastern Banks, you know, you're going to like the Laurier lineup because they're universally liked. Yeah. But there's these other watches out there that maybe haven't ever been reviewed, maybe haven't, you know, have gotten mixed reviews that are still really viable that to go to a venue like that and get your hands on. I mean, talking about an Oris 36 and a half, that's something I would never consider. Yeah, same. Even if, yeah, I mean, that, those just would never even enter my psyche as a viable watch purchase. Yeah. Did you have any, I mean, you said you didn't get to, you know, you just ran through, but yeah. did you see a watch? Like, did you glance over at one? Were you surprised by anything that you hadn't seen before? Uh, so, um, I'll t- one that is just a cool watch is the Zodiac Olympus. Mm-hmm. Um, what that with that like kind of a shield case, and it's the, it's part of their yeah. I think heritage or something line, but that that thing, I put that thing on with no expectations, and it, you know it it's just a perfect size, and even though it's so quirky, it the models they had there were the worn and wound collab models, I think. They had that neon green one, didn't they? Uh that limited edition that just dropped i don't know it hasn't just maybe been like two months i saw that and got weird i was like oh god i think i need this the olympus no it wasn't the olympus it was uh it was another collab that they had just done yeah i know the one you're talking about no and i i i'm not sure i saw that because i think that sold out because basically zodiac was there with worn and wound's uh stock so worn and wound just brought their stuff from (laughs) warehouse except for a couple of uh to be released, they have a really thin GMT that's really nice looking. Um, with that, I, I guess brands are just stuck on the orange, white, black motif for GMTs. Uh, but it, it really works. It's got a matte black bezel. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, then the Formax, the Formax, which you guys know, I'm a big, big fan of that brand. Um, mm-hmm. But they're new, so it's a little gimmicky, but it's also really incredible, is this interchangeable bezel. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And 
you know, my concern, and I think probably everybody's concern with something like that is this tension is going to be terrible. It's going to be impossible to get on and off. It, you pop it off without tools. Um, and it lines back up and the tension is just as good as the, uh, original reef model, which had great bezel action. Um, I, yeah, I, I, same, same initial, exact same initial, uh, reaction, Mike, both, both before touching it and after touching. And I was like, yeah, this is legit. And, and those, the guys at that, you know, the owners of, of Formex were just really incredible. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really was impressed by them. Is there enough tension in that removal leverage action that you're going to live mostly without concern of accidentally removing your bezel Absolutely. during the course of real life? Absolutely. Yep, 100%. I mean, you'd have to hit it at either just really, really hard or um, in any other case at a perfect angle for that thing to pop mm-hmm. off. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, I I agree. You know, and, and it's the type of thing. You know, maybe over time that security would lessen. But uh, uh, my initial inspection of their showpieces was like this. This is perfect. Well, you shouldn't be changing your bezel every day. Well, I don't know. Maybe you do. But I mean, you could, and it's pretty cool. So th- they are. It is not backwards compatible, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but this is the, the reef going forward. If if you order a new reef, it will have the interchangeable bezel option is my understanding. And I think the bezels are, you know, 150 or 160, which considering what you're getting, that se- may seem like a lot, but considering you're getting a, what you're getting, I, I think it's a totally reasonable price. I mean, it's similar to buying a, you know, really nice strap, except this features much more engineering. Yeah, and, and and they've got both steel and and ceramic editions, yeah. and both of them are both the steel and the ceramic are just flawless. I w- I would say upon my initial review, that's a good surprise. Yeah, yeah, a- 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 excellent. You know, an- another table that I that I was actually impressed by uh, when when I say impressed, like had a good positive reaction to was visitor. That's a watch that, um, you, you know, the owner, Phil, I know you, Mike, you and Phil are, are friends and that you, you know him well, and you've reviewed several visitors positively. Um, it's a watch that I see online and I'm like, that's not my watch. That's, that's not the watch for me. Um, you know, full polished case. I think it's the, um, the, the dune shore. Yeah. Uh, um, 44 millimeters polished case, kind of weird hands. Um, and then I get this thing in person and I'm like, this is actually really fucking cool. And, and had some, I had some time to talk to Phil about, you know, what he's doing with this. And he said, yeah, you know, I'm making the watches that I want. And, and yeah. I realize I, I full well realized that a 44 millimeter full polished dive case is it kind of an obscure dive case. It's not going to be for everybody, but this is what I want. And I really like it. Unfortunately, there's enough people in this world that also want something like this, that I'm, I'm having some success, uh, you, you know, and, and actually getting hands on the watch. I was like, this is really neat. Uh, <laughs> You know, maybe not an everyday watch, but certainly a watch that I wouldn't kick out of bed, as it were. Yeah, I, as you mentioned, I've I've been a fan of Visitor for a while, and for only slightly less time of Phil. Uh, not because he wronged me or anything, just because I met him after reviewing one of his watches. Um, 
I'm I still lust after that uh, red dial Linden, uh, which is the um, his dress watch, much slimmer than the other options. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I you know he he owns it as he did to you. You know he knows his watches aren't for everybody, and he doesn't care. You know he makes watches for himself and then makes a lot of them so other people can buy them if they want to. Did you guys get to touch the ball skin diver? Yeah, I did. You, you know, Andrew, I tried both the ball skin diver and the newer, the slightly smaller case, the 40 case. I'm blanking on what Marvel it's called Light. right now. The yeah. Marvelite. Yeah. Both in Andrew's preferred rainbow. The rainbow tubes are the coolest shit yeah. on the planet. And I'll, and I'll tell you right now, if you'd have been there, I think you could have gotten one for about 1750. So uh, w- what I noticed was that some of the brands, not all of the brands, but some of the brands, in particular, the bigger brands had sales goals. That's my interpretation mm-hmm. of what was happening. And on Sunday, on Sunday afternoon, Sunday, 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 I think some of those brands were hustling a little bit. And I think that had you been there with a smile on your face and a wallet that was slightly open, you could have gotten a very good deal on that. I've I've long loved the Marvel Light. It's I, such a good it's case. So yeah. good. But but it but the original is a little chunks. It's it's a big watch, yeah. man. I was I the 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 yeah, it, it that is a big watch. And not bad, just big. Yeah. Just big. So Let's hear about watch time. So uh, can I start by saying I did not want to go to watch time. I wasn't interested in it. I mean, if if you look at the lineup at watch time, it is not a lineup that interested me for obvious reasons. You know, we've done, you know, 8 billion episodes of this podcast at this point. And if you're listening and you've listened to any of our episodes, even say 10, you know where our personal preferences lie in terms of outlay and, you know, just budget, right? That's maybe the first concern in watches. The watches at watch time do not fit in my collection. And and at times I have been loath to think, talk about, to think about, talk about, or even really consider watches that fall outside of that spectrum of my comfort zone. And, and so Mike said, I really want to go to watch time. And I said, well, I'll go with you, but it, I got to be honest, it doesn't really interest me. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to enjoy that show. And I could not have been more wrong as much as I loved wind up. And I really did, you know, meeting people that I know friends, right? At this point, friends, many of these people, um, watch time was a wholly different thing. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did that. And if you ever get a chance to go to a luxury watch show, you at home, I'm going to recommend you do so. I had a blast. Mike, I'll I'll turn it over to you because I I want to hear your thoughts on that event. But I'll I'll start it with that. Because my approach was almost the exact opposite, right? I wanted to go see those. Despite the fact that, you know, I'd say 80% of those watches are lifetime unattainable for me. Um, yeah, unobtainium, I think, is an understatement for uh, for that. Like the Grubel Forse, is, it's $580,000, right? <laughs> Take a second mortgage, man. Right? I'm such a bitch. <laughs> I took the second mortgage to buy the 280000 Grubel. <laughs> but I, I went there, you know, having... So 
I was approaching the weekend differently too. Right? I'd been to Wind Up. I was very familiar with all of those brands, um, you know, uh, and and so I I really wanted to go see some of these brands I'd never been able to see. And you know, a lot of most of those brands have boutiques you can visit. Some more sparsely located than others, but you know, I, in my experience, the boutique experience is not one that I'm super comfortable with. And this it's gonna be super different than an expo experience. Yeah. A boutique, you're going to them. An expo, they they're trying to in a sense they're coming. Yeah. So I was yeah. uh, but I I I was so happy I didn't having a chance to handle some watches I have long wanted to handle if not own. Um and ones I brands I either wasn't aware of or wasn't very aware of and you know had have a whole new appreciation for. On some of these luxury brands, people aren't aware of because they make three watches a year right. and they're sold out 10 years in advance. Right. Right. And, and you know, they were, they were there with those three watches and you could try them on. Yeah. MBNF Bulldog. What a watch. W- wore it on my wrist, right? What a watch. You know, like these. Is this post corn dog? Did you get corn dog <laughs> grease on it? Because I once got a, I once got barbecue sauce on an IWC Big Pilot, and the guy was not pleased. You know, I think you could have gotten barbecue sauce on the MBNF Bulldog, and they would have been fine, right? Continue. So, so Mike, I, I think we can talk. We, you and I spent a lot of time at Two Booths in particular, and I think you know we could talk about all the watches. Um, but, but you and I were really, uh, along with your friend, Paul, who's a wonderful person. I was really happy to meet him. Um, we're really, I think jointly, uh, surreptitiously perhaps uh, enamored by two brands that were there at watch time. The first being Bill and Ross and the second being a complete in my mind, sleeper. Yes. And and maybe, maybe as of right now, as I sit here today, my favorite watch brand in the world, which not even on my radar as of last Friday morning. Yeah. Chopard. Yeah. I, um, we spent what? An hour at the Chopard booth? <laughs> I don't know if it was that long, but I mean, it was, uh, I mean, orders longer than we spent anywhere else. Um, the, and, and the three people at that booth, three or four people, I mean, those are the pe- kind of people you want at every expo, at every boutique. I mean, if, I, if I'm writing to Chopard, I'm saying clone these people and put them in every store and every vendor of any Chopard location you have, you know, <laughs> selling without and, selling, and, right? And can we be, can we be, you said the three people, but... If they just cloned Gabby, that would be cool. Sure. That <laughs> because get, I'll say this: Gabby was an excellent salesperson. Yeah, she was. Um, you know, stories about how they hooked up the <clears throat> morning show. Jennifer Aniston's watch, the Alpine Eagle, which was cool to hear as somebody watches that show and noticed that watch. Um, but then you know my my prior knowledge and you know of Chapard as a watchmaker was the Mille Milia, which is not a line that I've ever 
found appealing. And then to have, you know, these grand complications coming out that, uh, uh, what was that? 16 millimeter thick, 14 complication that took that, that specific watch was that they had there was retooled for, to be oriented for New York. And it took 2000 hours cause they had to rebuild parts. Yeah. yeah so the LUC all in one is Chopard's 14 complication, grand complication watch. It's a giant, yeah. right? 40, what would you say? It has to be. 46 by 16. I don't know if it, it was 16 thick. I'd say probably 42 or 43. Yeah. It, it's enormous. It is, and it's and it's platinum, so it, it weighs a billion pounds. I, I mean, it, and it's in this glass case, this sort of standalone, tall glass case. Yeah. And it's just I'm thinking I'm, like the rose from Beauty and the Beast, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly like that, actually. Okay. Uh, and you know, Mike, uh, bless your heart, Mike. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that I would have had the same experience without you. Mike is very confident, and he's got the gift of gab, and, and he's real handsome, and he's real handsome. And you, you know, Gabby was ready to eat him alive. I'm gonna. T- I, I hope Jen doesn't listen. <laughs> But Mike, Jen, if you are, Mike wasn't going to let her, I'm sure. Uh, but gave gave just enough to talk this woman out of taking this additional, one of a kind, priceless watch, literally priceless watch, out of this case and to let us fucking wear it. A million dollar watch. It's at least an, a, million, a million dollar watch. So the the basic bitch only ever made you know they've made at least twenty six yeah. of them were f- are four hundred fifty thousand dollar watches. Wow. This one's an additional two thousand two thousand hours of tooling, yeah, a- and one of a kind, yeah, and not for sale. It's a million dollar watch, and and let us play with it and and l- literally play with it. We gotta like try this on and turn around yeah. and like. Take stupid wristies and like, uh, oh, uh, check me out with this angle. Maybe she didn't think you'd be very fast. <laughs> <laughs> Little well, does she know. <laughs> I want to actually well, clarify that it was the <clears throat> tall, handsome gentleman that I wooed to take that out of the case. Because I don't know that Gabby that was tra- tall enough to reach the top tracks. of that case. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks, actually. Yeah. Mike. That, that makes more yeah. sense now. You, you know, and, and I will say at watch time, everywhere you look... There is a six foot five, broad shouldered, bored looking, vaguely European man with a chiseled jaw standing in a corner, just looking at you. And you know he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu yeah. and will kill you if you even sort of move fast. Yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu only works if they can catch you. Uh, one of just the treats. He, he could catch you, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I like being there with Paul who has some major life events coming up that um, he's looking to commemorate. And because of that, he is at this show kind of shortlisting watches, right? Which is it, it, yeah, which is a cool thing to be a part of. And him pulling me and, and Everett, too, over and saying, what, what do you, between these two langs, which one would you, do you think would be better? Yeah. This actually happened. Yeah. Do you have to pick? <laughs> and I said, Bellin. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Would you say? I want to hear. Well, it. and I said you should probably get a Glashuta because they're. I like them better. You guys said Bellin Ross was at watch time. Oh yeah. 
That Bell, seems out of place. Bell and Ross e- was Everett it, was smitten. I, I was okay. Okay, wait. <laughs> I like Bell and Ross, but it seems out of place given the other brands. Well, Norcane was there too, so uh, also out yeah. of place. I I feel like no. Well, you you know, both of these brands I think are sort of on the floor of luxury, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, they're both sort of in in our world in terms of watches that we might consider buying someday because of their pricing structures but but also in the realm of luxury um bell and ross i've seen their designs the br05 cool um you you know their o3s their big square cases cool but not really something that i cared about right bell and ross as a brand kind of seems funny like they started off using zinc cases and then they developed their own cases and it's kind of like they're they're new money and they're a little funny and uh whatever not a watch that i was ever enamored by that bell and ross booth totally changed my opinion first the watches are excellent believe that just without any reservation those watches are all excellent. Very, very good watches. And then their executions, man. I'm going to tell you right now. I have never, ever, ever considered buying a diamond-encrusted watch until I tried on the Diamond BR05. And I'm not, I'm not even slightly joking when I say... I really, really do think I am going to at some point buy a Diamond BR05. He could not stop talking about this watch. I hate you. It is so good. 10000 bucks, Steel case. Diamonds on the bezel. It's nuts. Diamonds on the markers. I loved it, Mike. Did you, you? You obviously are not quite as enamored as I was, but I tried it out. I, mean, I thought you, it was fun. I think a big part that helps it be fun is how they pull it back with the rubber strap. Right. It it is this balance of like super flashy, but also very sporty. Right. I mean, yeah. Not just the case, but the strap. Um, I I was I had gone to that show. That was one of the watches I wanted to try. I knew. I wanted to stop at Bell and Ross. I wanted to try the BRO5. And it was pretty much everything I wanted it to be, which regretfully, right? I guess the question is rubber or diamond encrusted bracelet also. Yeah. Well, so the dim- the diamond encrusted bracelet adds ten thousand dollars to the price. Just <laughs> there's there's the one price. for sale on Chrono twenty four for twelve five. <sighs> Hold on. God damn it. Yeah, that's no. I think that that's a third party. That's that's third party diamond encrusting. Ever uh, just bought a which, watch for those listening? By the yeah, way, yeah. <laughs> I just pressed buy it now. It, it's linked oh. to my account. <laughs> that's, that's so bad. I bought a watch. Congrats. You're welcome. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see it back for eighteen. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, you, you know. You know, Mike. Uh, it, I'm going to say something crazy, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. But I think that yeah. the. I think that the BR05 is the steel sports watch for the affordable connoisseur. And, and and I say that in the context of the Nautilus and the Royal sure, Oak and sure. the big boys. I think that that watch obviously very deliberately on on the part of Bell and Ross. I think that that watch is 
the entry level buyers or or the the regular human being as i like to call them uh watch enthusiasts avenue of approach for the affordable you know integrated sport watch yeah or 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 perhaps perhaps a santos i think you get similar yeah. sort of and i was looking santos, but... i don't know how it popped up but the the is it is it as big as i think it is no nope not at all nope it so wears 41 nope. in a square case seems big nope. and it doesn't nope. It, nope. Nope. It, nope nope i feel it wore 38 yeah it it's is ridiculous i, mean, I don't know how because ridiculous if you had just asked me before telling me what the size was how big it was i probably would have said 39 mm-hmm. 38 i don't know how it wears that well yeah Okay. It's it's nuts. It, I mean, it's I'm ser- I seriously wanted to spend ten. Th- I like I wanted yeah. to call Ken and say, "Hey, babe, listen, I need to do a crazy thing. I'll, we'll talk about it when I get home." But I've already done it. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest. She was a little perturbed at me for buying the hundred and fifty dollar Solab. So I, I'll tell you something right away. Uh, there, the BRO five GMT on rubber is only five thousand. No, they're not. They're not crazy. Bell and Ross pricing is is really good. And and to your point about it not them being out of place, you know, Bell and Ross does some very what I think are like trendy autology things. Um, yeah. Turbion's uh, racing like super high tech racing chronographs. Um, you know, solid sapphire cases. Um, they do some crazy like really high end stuff. It's just. Unlike a lot of the brands there, that's not their bread and butter, right? But but it also they seem out of place because they seem kind of kind of bad boy in that realm. Kind of Panerai, like they're cool, they're very they're luxury brand, but they're not the same dude. They're they're like new money luxury, right? Like that guy doesn't fit in at the country club even though he's worth more than everyone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of they're that's that was kind of my thinking. Yeah, is is that they're, they're just a little bit fringy for luxury urology. Yeah. Like the I imagine the owners there in like leather tuxedos with no shirts and mullets. <laughs> I don't know. And like they're wearing pit vipers. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. I see Bell and Ross ownership looking like. I'm sure it doesn't. You know, I don't know what the Bell and Ross owner looks like. I, I don't think that that's impossible that that's the case. I, I really like that brand. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they actually converted me. You, you know, Nor, Norcane, I kind of put them in the same boat. I was really impressed with Norcane. Uh, I, I have never even considered Norcane, you, you know, what I, my experience with Norcane is that of, I think, our community, which is overpriced, mm-hmm. unjustified pricing. Um, which is a dog shit argument. Well, I, it, it is. You know, we, we're. I think you and I, Andrew, are in the same, um, in in the same sort of place as far as that goes. Like we, I, I think we both uniformly hate arguments about too expensive. The the too expensive, not not a not enough for what it's worth. And and, and Mike, I, you you know, I don't mean to leave you out of that, but I think you're more inclined to say. That's not worth what they're pricing. Well, I think I think uh, the is, reaction to Norcane by the community was, who the hell do they think they are coming in at this price point? Like you, this is a price point yeah, that's associated with there. brands that have been established for 20, 30, 60, 50, however long years with quote unquote heritage. And you've got none of that. What, they're charging Omega prices. Right. Mm-hmm. right. They're charging Aura's prices. They're charging 
Bell and Ross prices, right? They are charging those prices um, without the names, you know, and and that's a dog shit argument too, right? It's like the, those people are then putting primacy upon heritage, right? Which is, a, a, you know... Per- Which means Bulova should be three, four, maybe five times more expensive yeah, right. than it is. Exactly. Which which they should because they're the yeah. best wasp watches in the world. Yeah, yeah because they're of their heritage. Yeah. So imp- I was so impressed by Oris. I want to spend five thousand dollars on a Bulova curve, Mike. I I think I think you're you're making a point, and and I and I'd like to give you an opportunity to finish because I think it's a good good point. Um, you, you know, you're saying the reaction is sort of who who the fuck do these thing guys think they are? Well, and um, the reality is, you know. It's a simple argument, but I think it's the right one, is that, you know, the watch should be judged on its merits. You know, they've got uh, Kinesi movements, right? These are... Tudor movements. Tudor-level movements that that they are having customized. Their GMT is a true GMT, right? Which, how many GMTs at that price point can say that, right? Um, You know, I think they're doing things that not people may not love, and I think... You know, some of their marketing is a little hokey, but like, those are solid watches and, you know, it, it they're not going to let you down, right? And like you said, yeah. um, I, I was wowed less by the watch, but uh, by that rubber native that they had on the GMTs. I thought those were super cool. This flexible, yeah. stretchy rubber nato. Um Yeah. Well, and you and you know, and and you cannot say enough about finishing. Um, I well, m- maybe maybe you could. I cannot say enough about the finishing of those watches. I am I am a guy who, uh, you know, Mike and Andrew and Will have made fun of me when I have gotten neckbeardy about finishing on watches. But when you walked through wind up. There was a handful of brands, a very small handful, and, and I'll just say there were three brands at Windup with watches that were superior in almost every single way to every other brand at Windup. Mm-hmm. Monta, which just makes a great watch, yeah. you know, say what you will. I know, I know people say what they want to say at any given moment. Monta watches are just superior finishing to any other watch under 2000 yeah. bucks. That's I, I'm going to say it. And I, f- I feel like that's an inarguable point and, and, I, and I'm done. You, you've got Oris, which their more expensive watches mm-hmm. are just tits. And then you got this, you got Norcane who comes to wind up. They're sort of the odd man out because they're this sort of big brand, really high quality stuff. And, and it's like this is the shit, man. This is the shit. And, and they were more, they were the most expensive brand at Wind Up for sure. I, it, it, am I right about that, Mike? Uh, I can't think of. Yeah, I mean, certainly average price price across models. Yeah, um, I would yeah. say no doubt. I will add Formex to that list, but uh, we sure. don't need to dwell on that too much. Um, but I think yeah, yeah that's a fair. Yeah, that's I a fair think addition. Norcane. Being at windup and watch time tells you everything you need to know about Norcane. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Baller move. Yeah. Well, it's also I think that I think that's part of the issue that the watch community has with them is they don't know where they yeah. fit 
in the which world. is basically i mean young enough that they just don't know isn't yeah. that every watch brand that settles themselves between 1500 and 5000 dollars though like wait wait are you are you high end entry level or are you lower end upper level what are you right right yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah. right that's it's mid grade fuel and nobody knows nobody's ever bought that can i do that? on a couple of honorable mentions at watch time please, i want some please do I, please do Everett, you and I were both dazzled and 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 pleasingly perplexed by Jacques Edreau, right? <laughs> this is when I first blew Everett away with my brazen requesting of a watch. This yes. is some true the the uh, Lotus Blossom. This is a watch with you know Jacques Edreau. Almost all of their watches have the same layout, right? They have the twelve o'clock. Um, you know, third third size dial that tells the time, and then around that they build whatever the automaton of the day is. Right. This is a, so I I said to the guy, "Can I look at this?" And it's like, Mike, what are you doing? <laughs> and the, the guy's yeah, like, happened. "Yeah, absolutely. Let me grab it for you." So he brings it out. This watch. Is he wearing white gloves? He was. Yes. Did yes. he provide some he for did you? Not. My he man. Didn't even ask. Mike just raw dog yeah. it. Raw dog the Jack yeah. Andrew. Um, fortunately, before Shake Shack. Uh, and so this is a watch with enamel, whatever it is, it's beautiful, um, that features a koi that rotates around the dial while its tail flaps around, and a lotus flower that goes under three parts of the dial. And each time it goes under, the watch mechanism removes a jewel in the center of the lotus flower and at random puts a new one in between three or four different types of jewels. At, at random? I asked the guy who was at, working the booth, how does this work? He says, I have no idea. <laughs> That's true. I, I witnessed so it. I, I, it's, it's stunning. It is. And it's I, I think stunning. a lot of people, I have heard, you know, Jacques Edreau doesn't make watches, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I won't say that's, false because that's not the point of that brand right Jacques Edreau historically was a creator of automata right these machines that did things when actuated right and that's still what they do but man I newfound respect and just awe in that piece I'm with you I'm with you I second I second the honorable mention recommendation yeah Yeah, we we did spend a lot of time there and those watches are very very cool and then there's one other personally for me. I had gone in finally having an opportunity to go to Glashuta Original um, and try a watch I've long coveted, which was the uh, Panamatic Lunar, right? And, and yeah. I was really hoping that thing would wear terribly, but mm, it did not. And, you know, all of Glashuta's watches are amazingly incredibly better in person i was blown away than they are i tried the cq which i when i when it was first released i was like this is a piece of garbage i don't want to see this i tried the newer vintage dive with that green dial i i tried three or four watches there and every single one was impressive and to your point so 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 much better in person than they are by any other medium 
You, you know, I, I would give one more. Are, are, is the, are those your honor? Those are, mentions? yeah. You, you know, I have one more. Um, Zenith. Right. Zenith. That defy. Uh, you, you know, I, I don't think actually we need to do Zenith any favors here uh, on this show because Zenith is, you, you know, maybe one of the top five or six most popular horology watch brands on earth. But as a, as a dude who knows nothing about high horology, Zenith brought the heat, man. Every single one of those watches, that full carbon case Mm -hmm. defy is just like nothing I've ever experienced before. I I mean, light their carbon, that carbon bracelet, Mike, that thing uh, where I warned you, I had to warn you about it. You did. You had to Feather. warn me. It is insane. Yeah. Totally insane. So, so to to bring it back, to bring it back. I th- I hope we didn't lose Andrew. I was watching the animation or the video of the the Magic Lotus. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it so so to bring it back. That's I, affordable. That's a second mortgage watch. I'm good with it. <laughs> If you have an opportunity to go play with these pieces, these really outrageously expensive, you're never going to buy them pieces. I'd say just do it. And, 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 and they don't, don't make you wear gloves. You can go raw. You just raw dog, yeah. man. Uh, it was such a treat. And actually, Mike, I'll just say to you in front of the world, I'm so glad to have done this with you. Oh. Uh, it was really a it fun experience. And... um. Yeah, man. You, you know, I feel like I did something special. I know I didn't do something actually special, but it's like, what a treat. Indeed. Yeah. I'm sorry to have missed it. Yeah, I'm sorry you missed it, too. I would have loved to have you there. We'll be at San Francisco. We're going to do it. I mean, there won't be there won't be a Diamond Bell and Ross, but... We don't know that. That's true. I might have bought it by then. Mm-hmm. It might have been delivered because you did click buy now. <laughs> so... <laughs> I have a weird conversation upcoming. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, anything from these shows that you want to add? I know that we could. Yeah, talk I mean, there's there are so many cool and brands and brands, a couple of brands I, I'd never heard of um, that I'm not even going to mention. I don't want anybody else to hear about them either. Well, well, well Mike, what was the brand that sort of neither one of us had ever that, heard so of? That was L. Leroy, L. Leroy, uh, part of the Paralay family, I think. Yes. Yes. So that was such a weird experience, weird. right? Because I don't think they have no presence. You hadn't heard I of mean, them. And they admitted it. They have no presence in the United States whatsoever. A 300 year old yeah. brand. Used to make them for what? Louis Com- the 14th or something crazy? Yes. Completely in house everything. 100% flawless execution. Yeah. I mean, you go to a place like this and... What, you, they just came to like show their dick and be like, ha you can't have it and then yeah, leave? Like, what's the deal? I, well, okay. I, I think you probably could have it, which which is maybe the point. Um, you, you know, and, and the reason I bring them up is not because you should go look at El Leroy or whatever, but that's a thing that I didn't know before and I do yeah. now. And it's really cool. Like this world is so much bigger. You, you know, we, you, you, you and I, Andrew, I think are very much in the world where we've learned a lot about watches and maybe some people who listen to us think we know more than we actually do. And we're very conscious of that. 
Um, oh, we don't know shit about shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like the the more I learn, the more I realize I know I don't know about watches. M- Mike, I I don't know if you have the same feeling, but I've always respected your knowledge about you know in particular micro brands. I, I I sometimes hesitate to ask you about what your recommendations are for shows because I know I'm going to get inundated with more knowledge than I can possibly compute. Somebody um, asked me about straps recommendations the other day for a watch and i think they got way more than they expected (laughs) they were not prepared you you know so so in that context right it's like i i don't know what i don't know and i'm very comfortable with that but i go to this this event and i'm like man this world is just totally expansive and really yeah it sounds like watch time was maybe the better experience uh not better different um, but but a really surprising, surprisingly cool experience. Yeah, I feel like, and you got free champagne. Yeah, but prosecco, I believe. But yes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Sparkling, sparkling yum. <laughs> was there like caviar and finger sandwiches and shit, yeah, or just no, champagne? It was mountains of caviar. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say they were just priming you to yeah. buy. Then it, there there was free champagne yeah. though, and we partook. Yeah. I I feel like watch time. Um, for me, and I think for most, especially most people in our situation, is a more novel and therefore perhaps more exciting experience as far as the watches go. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was more enjoyable as far as the watches go because of that, right? But socially, right. you know, wind up is that's our bailiwick, that's our wheelhouse, right? That is where um, all the people are. And from from wind up what you've had half or better of if not those watches those brands in right. review yeah yeah so i i mean i i get to apologize to almost all the brand owners for damaging their sample watches so that's a special treat for me i mean you're the one who drags them across concrete we yeah. all know that yeah. yeah yeah i tie them to my ball hitch and then send them to you yeah. and yeah yeah andrew other things what do you got i got another thing you better so when we moved in this house we had a a non-functioning pellet stove yeah i remember turns out all i needed to do was put batteries in the thermostat but it took two technicians to come out and figure that out that's a whole thing that being said my pellet stove is up and running yeah how comfortable is my upstairs right now really good the heat from like burnt material like wood or pellet is i think so much cozier like there's a different aroma to it yeah so for those of you who have like a gas fireplace and you you like it you think it's all great and stuff it does put out heat but i'm gonna make a pitch for either a wood burning stove but but i'm pitching for a pellet stove right now for for a, a full year you can buy 50 bags of pellets, which is kind of the average of what people expect you to burn in a year, for $250. A year of heat. That's cheap. For 250 Now, you have to have a place to store said pellets. And we're holding our house between 70 and 75 degrees and using one bag a week. That's cheap. That's nothing. They cost $6 a bag. So what's that, $24 a month? heat yeah i mean if you don't care about 
the global climate change. So here's the thing about wood. (laughs) Here's the thing about pellets. And this is why we're especially excited to have a pellet stove instead of a wood stove. In Oregon, on our bad air days, you can have no visible smoke emissions from your house, which means you can't use your wood stoves. You're not supposed to use your wood stoves. You can use pellet stoves. And I've burned two-ish bags. There is three tablespoons of ash in the ash trap. It burns so efficiently, so warm. You get a full fire effect. I absolutely love it. If you're looking for a heating change, if you're just, if you're considering it, I fucking love it. Mine's a Whitfield and Whitfields are no longer in production and they're a little finicky. The first technician that came out fucked around with it for like two and a half hours. Just said, hey, dude, I'm not going to charge you. I don't know what's wrong. Call this guy. This other guy came out. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, I installed the stove. (laughs) And he then rehooked up the thermostat heater or the thermostat wires and put batteries in the thermostat, which I just thought was an obsolete obsolete thermostat. And now I have a fully programmable. Like I wake up in the morning, go downstairs, and there's a fire roaring. It's just automatic. Just starts it running. It's so good. So, like I said, if you are considering it, I am willing to vouch for it and say pellet stove over wood burning or wood stove. So, that's my other thing. I have a Whitfield. Like I said, they're obsolete, but there's a ton of options out there. Less electronic, more better. Mike, other things, what do you got? I want to forward... A recommendation from uh, Phil, a visitor, his wife Steph. Um, I got I I was fortunate enough. I got dinner uh, with them and my friend Shreyas Beans and Bezels on Instagram, um, and his wife. I was fifth wheeling it hard, and we just got to talking and uh, landed on podcasts. And she said, you know, she does not like this podcast specifically ours specifically specifically. yeah it it was yeah Yeah. she couldn't distinguish between your voices so whatever we sound identical we look pretty similar clones yeah i get it um she told me about a podcast that i have since learned am way behind on the time zone uh my dad wrote a porno yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I have since learned that this has six seasons, two books, and has at least one world tour where they've gone and, you know, read and comment, done their commentary. This thing is a riot. So the, the setup is um, the guy who reads the porno, his father, 60 years old, in, in, endeavored to write some erotic fiction. And the first book is called Belinda Blinked. <laughs> and the main character's name, the subject of these sexual exploits, is Belinda Blumenthal, which is, you know, it gets anybody hot under the collar, just the name. Of yeah. course, yeah. I have to excuse myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Raging over there. Um, and it is, not only is the text so... I feel earnest, but still so, so bad. But the commentary is fantastic. So he invites two of his friends over to his house uh, to 
to read this aloud, chapter by chapter. One chapter is an episode. And then they just tear it apart. And it is his father, but the he has a pen name, which is Rocky Flintstone. Track, uh, of course. Um, I, I am uh, about three quarters of the way through season one. Uh, I'll say this. I don't know what kind of legs. Obviously, enough people are listening and they're doing very well with it. But personally, um, I don't know if it's something I'll stick with for six seasons. But it is very, very funny. Uh, so my dad wrote a porno. And Perfect. I bet it yeah. was good. I've got yeah. another thing. Do me. So I I have uh I have personal artistic aspirations. Uh, I I do art, and I've talked about this recently with my um, linotype. Mm-hmm. Printing. Flintlock uh, Everett is also an artist that's going to sh- soon hit yeah. shelves. So. <laughs> I I have recently uh, downloaded a couple of vector art programs. I've downloaded a free vector art program called Inkscape, which I think is a very good, robust program, you know, sort of in the vein of GIMP or perhaps OpenOffice, you know, one of these free to the consumer programs that's by and large volunteer supported inkscape is great but that's not what i'm going to talk about because the program i want to talk about today is something i had to pay for i had to pay about 60 bucks for it i can't remember exactly the amount it was 60 bucks or less uh but it's a program called affinity designer so this is what's popularly known as a vector art program it's $55. $55. Uh, and, and Vector Art is, I, I think, the most famous Vector Art program is called Adobe Illustrator, which is made by Adobe, which is a very, very famous company and famously has completely converted to a subscription-only sales pitch, right? So what you're looking at is about, 20 bucks a month or 240 bucks a year for an Adobe subscription that will give you access today and for the month that you've paid for to a suite of Adobe products, Photoshop, Lightroom, Illustrator, whatever their video editing is. Um, you, you get a lot of firepower for 240 bucks a year. And, and in two years, that'll be 480 and in three years more. And, and assuming they don't, uh, uh, raise their prices, you, you know, and they will. Uh, it, it's it's expensive, right? To buy into the Adobe suite of products, it's a lot of money. So Affinity Designer, sixty bucks, fifty five. You pay today, and you get it for forever. You get a license for this program forever. Are there updates? So I have owned this program for sixty days, and I've already gotten a fairly substantial upgrade. It didn't really change the way I use the program, but. They are constantly issuing upgrades and you are taking part. I don't know if you'll get every iteration, but you are getting incremental updates. And I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing with this program. You'll find that out at some point in the future. But I am making a porno. I am so, so, so happy that I purchased this program. 
you, you know, it's one of those things that people are using. And when people are using a program in the 21st century, they are posting tutorials for the things they're doing on YouTube. The community, there's a forum where you can log into and ask questions. Uh, it's this really incredible software, almost probably as in, as powerful as Adobe Illustrator, um, maybe with some limitations and maybe with some benefits, but I have now undertaken several kind of impossible projects, meaning before I started them, I thought, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. And using just YouTube videos and forum support have been able to, you know, I've shared this with you guys and mm -hmm. you guys have seen the results, make really incredible pieces of digital fish. I, I don't know if art is, is maybe too, too liberal, but you, you know, have done these really incredible things and the interface is so user-friendly. I, uh, if you have any interest, I mean, everyone saw the new logo in digital for 40 and 20 mm. after dark. Oh, yeah, that's right. The watch clicker, the neon yeah. mm -hmm. watch clicker logo. We posted that, um, you, you know, that was just sort of a goofing around thing. And all of a sudden I have this like really incredible thing. You know, the the experience has been really good and really fun. And if you have any interest in this at all, I would say go buy a copy of affinity designer look up some youtube videos and start playing with it. it it has been one of those moments for me where i realized i've got this incredible world to explore and it really you know in terms of art and creating visual uh you know digital imagery uh has changed my outlook on things and it's been yeah, really fun. i can plus one affinity because that's the by the good grace of will um, and at his recommendation, I that's the photo editor I use, which is Affinity Photo. Yeah, also which incredible. is um, you know, I don't have any other experience other than uh, the iPhone editing suite. But uh, yeah, I I really like Affinity Photo, and I imagine the uh, platform you're using is just as great. So, and, and and you know, Mike, Affinity Photo and Affinity Designer work yeah. together same same software language and you can take an affinity photo design and shove it into a designer or vice versa and they will talk to each other and they know what each other is doing and a ton of opportunities yeah. so for, i think you can buy the full suite for like 170 bucks of affinity products and world yeah. is yours so that's what i got mike andrew as we wrap up, anything you want to add to this episode? I'm out of things, man. I'm empty on things. <laughs> Mike, I, I really appreciate you coming on tonight, man. I know it's super yeah. late there uh, on the East Coast. I'm double dipping right now. Thanks I'm, for my, joining my us. My overnight shift has started. <laughs> yeah, That's good. You're, you're getting yeah. paid twice. Every, all the money yeah. we're giving you and all the money It's weird that you guys job. pay me so much but don't really pay yourselves. Yeah, that is, but I appreciate that is it. We got to keep the talent. You know, we get all the yeah. equity and yeah. stuff. Yeah, swag. <laughs> <laughs> equity. Exactly. We get swag. Yeah. Well, 
this has been a lot of fun. Mike, we got to bring you on more Great. often. You didn't do any clicking tonight, man. I'm really proud of you, and I appreciate that you've really set out to improve. Yeah. Uh, you make you may get you some don't... ice crunching, though, so you're welcome for the watch cruncher. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Cruncher podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20. You can check the watch clicker out at watch clicker. You can also check out our website, watchclicker.com. That's where we post all of Mike's great reviews and very few of Andrew and Everett's great reviews uh, and articles. We've got a ton of writers at this point and we're doing really good stuff over there. If you want to support what we're doing at 40 and 20 in the watch clicker, you can do so at patreon.com slash 40 and 20 look guys you know the deal we're completely unpaid in every respect of this except for the very few of you who decide to support us on patreon and we appreciate it so much because this isn't cheap and don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like Bye bye